Welcome to Conversations on Coast Access Radio. In this program we have conversations with people about their interests, their lives, the things that motivate and excite them. So relax and enjoy this conversation. I'm Todd Zayner. This week, well, it's time to catch up with the family again. It's been, I was trying to work it out, nearly six months since I spoke to my cousin Rick in Phoenix in Arizona. And it won't be for much longer speaking to Rick in Phoenix, Arizona, will it, Rick? No. Has it really been six months since we've spoken uh, on here? Wow. Um, actually, Todd, yeah, a lot of stuff is happening here in the family in the United States. Uh, Roseanne and I well, uh, we bought some land back in 2018 in Sedona, Arizona. It's beautiful red rock country. Uh, we bought the land back in 2018, uh, thinking that we might want to build a house and rent it out and get some money that way. But after all of the events recently with uh, my brother Keith passing and uh, Rose's parents passing, I, I always said that, you know, instead of having all of these things for other people to enjoy, I really just want to start enjoying what we have and the time that we have so yeah roseanne and i sold our house we're in the process of selling it so i won't be able to give you phoenix updates i'll be able to be i'll be moving to cave creek arizona which is about 10 miles away while they continue to build my house up in sedona and sedona is 90 miles away from here and it's uh 4, feet up instead of uh, sea level so it's going to be a lot more changing of weather there the Red Rock is quite amazing and very famous in Sedona. In fact, theoretically, you're not even allowed to take it out. I remember a certain trip we did, and there was a rock on the road that you made me get out of the car and put in your car and drive off very quickly. <laughs> it's very funny you say that because I still have that rock in my backyard. And I'm going to take <laughs> it back with me to Sedona. But you are absolutely right. The Red Rock, when you're driving in Arizona, you, you could be driving for hundreds of miles. But it's only in this small area of Sedona that all of a sudden the whole countryside is all red, red rock, clayish like of rock and beautiful, beautiful monuments. It's And uh, I'm thrilled to be going up there. Let's talk about the family because you told me a couple of weeks ago and I was sort of aware but I didn't really remember. We've got quite a heritage obviously with what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and Eastern Europe at the moment. Tell us a little bit about the heritage of the family, Rick. Okay, that that happens to be very close to my heart what's going on in the Ukraine right now because, uh, Todd, we're, I'm just going to discuss um your and my uh, paternal uh, grandparents. Um, our grandfather, yours and mine, uh, was born in Odessa, Russia. At the time, it was Russia. Odessa was spelled with two S's while it was under Russian control. And now it is spelled with one S under Ukraine control. So, yes, Grandpa was born in Odessa. And so that would make us... Uh, right off the bat, we would be 25% Ukrainian. Um, our grandma on our father's side was born actually in Vishnovitz, Poland. And Poland right now, as you know, they are taking in as many refugees from uh, Ukraine as they possibly could. So, yes, our our family history is all right there. 
So we're part Ukrainian, part Polish. Do we claim we're Russian as well? Because as you say, when Grandpa, our common grandfather, was born, 1895, was it, Rick? 1893 he was born and and grandpa always considered himself russian it was not ukraine it was always russia and every time i would speak to grandpa he would say i'm russian so i have to say that we're part ukraine we're part russian we're part polish and actually um we have some English in, in us because I believe uh, grandpa, my grandpa, the Birnbaum side, your mother's side and my mother's side. Uh, well, now it's not English. It's Austrian. He came from Austria. So we have some Austrian in us also that I know. So how old was grandpa when he moved with the family to, well, essentially New York? Well, Grandpa came across, I don't want to say exactly, I can't remember exactly, but I would put Grandpa at around nine years old. Uh, it was the very, very beginning of the 1900s that they came uh, to America. So basically about the same age I was when we came to New Zealand. So he would have had a pretty good memory of his time in Odessa for the first eight or nine years. Yes, he always he always had a great memory of Russia and he would always I would always ask him about Odessa and how he was as a boy. And he just the thing that they always experienced being Jewish back then, they had things called pogroms, P-O-G-R-U-M-S, I believe. Pogroms were when the Russian uh, the Russians would they would not round up the jews but what they would do is they would make them very uncomfortable and they would uh and, and they would always yell or or bat pots and pans at them and make fun of them and try to make them go back into their homes and grandpa would always tell me that one of the reasons his mother wanted them out of uh, Russia was because of those pogroms that happened very, very often in in Odessa. Now, I didn't really know my grandpa and grandma, the same grandparents we had that well. So he would have been a fluent Russian speaker, I'm imagining. Yes, grandpa spoke fluent Russian. And that's very funny, you say, because being Jewish, grandpa also spoke Yiddish. Yiddish and Russian are very, very similar, except the dialect has some differences. But when grandpa could, but when grandpa would hear people speak in Russian on the news, he absolutely could translate to me what they were saying. So the whole family, that side of the Zayna family, moved from Odessa, and there were what eight brothers. Uh, there were actually, uh, let's see, there was Ezra, then there was Harry, then there was Murray, then there was Aaron, and wow, I, I'd have to, I could go, yeah, there were, there were, actually, there was a brother that was born that died over, overseas. Um, I think there were a total of eight. Does that sound right to you? Charles? It does sound right. Now, our grandfather's name was Coleman with a K, that's right? K-O-L-M-A-N, yes. Yeah. And uh, his nickname was Charlie, but uh, Col- Coleman was his name. Let's see. You have um, 
Was he the eldest? He wasn't the eldest, was he? I think Murray might have been the eldest. Ezra, Ezra, Ezra was the oldest. Okay. Ezra and and Grant Ezra. I'm gonna look at my family tree here, and I'm gonna help you out on this. Actually, I'm gonna help myself out on it. But uh, I know the youngest one was Aaron, and you know, you and I still speak with Richard Perlman today, and Richard Perlman was Aaron's grandson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Quite an interesting family history. Richard Perlman lives in Chicago. He's actually someone I've never met. I don't think you've met him either. I've not met him, but I've spoken to him many, many times. Okay, so I'm looking at the family tree right now, Todd, and you have someone, there was a boy older than Ezra that was unaccounted for, it says on the family history. He's unaccounted for. Ezra was the oldest and he died in 1965 of a heart attack. Then there was a Louis Zayner who died in 1919 from influenza. Mm. Um, there was Harry who died in 1960. Uh, he had cancer of the lymph system. Then we have my, yours and my grandfather Coleman, um, born in, well, it says born at around 1892, but I know it's 1893. Then you have Murray who was born in 1895, and then Aaron was born in 1898. Um, there was also another boy named Moses who died in his infancy. So let me see total. There would be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That would be eight total brothers of which six came to America. And they were all boys. There were no girls at all. No girls. Yeah. No girls. Not one. Quite amazing really and i think i may have met one or two of our grandfather's brothers but i must have been very very young at the time and and grandpa himself lived to a ripe old age he was what 96 97 90 uh, uh yeah 96 and a half i think it was oh, there yes you. there you go so he probably outlived them all, I suspect, would have been the last I believe one. He, I believe he did. And, you know, which is very strange because Grandpa suffered his whole young adulthood with epilepsy. And the epilepsy cleared after Grandpa was about 30 or 40. And then ever since then, he lived that very healthy life. Indeed he did. Yeah, I always remember him as a, a pretty healthy, happy sort of guy um, the few times that I ever met him. And he ended his days, he was living, I guess, in and around the New York area the, the whole time. I wonder, do you know if he ever went back to Odessa? No, he never went back to Odessa, but they did take a trip in 1967. The only wet place they ever went after uh, those years was in 1967. He went with Grandma to Israel. Oh, okay. All right. So that must suggest we still have some distant family in and around the Odessa, the Ukraine, I suspect. Well, uh, because of the fact, now that I'm looking at this family tree, because of the fact that there is one brother uh, unnamed that's unaccounted for uh, back then, then you're absolutely right. We do have, we, there are some relatives there. There must be some relatives there. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That's fascinating, you know, particularly with Odessa in the news and what's going on. And so on. So we can claim quite international passports. <laughs> we can probably be about three or four different citizens of countries. 
Yeah, I, I guess I guess the I guess that's the how would we even prove that to people? Because our name when we were when our ancestors were in Russia, our names were not Zayner. It was Rilo. Uh, gr- Grandpa's dad was named Theodore Rilo, not Theodore Zayner. Uh, the only reason we have a Zayner right now in our name is because uh, great-grandpa Theodore Rilo, he left Russia to avoid a 25-year compulsory military service. So he was going to go to Austria. He went to Austria first, where he purchased a passport with the name Saner. It's spelled T-S-A-N-E-R. Which was sort of someone's stolen identity, wasn't it, from the mid-1800s? It was, it, it was a dead man's identity papers, uh, that he purchased a passport with that name. And then when he arrived in New York City, the immigration authorities could not pronounce or spell the Austrian name Sanner, T-S-A-N-E-R. So they said Zayner, because that's the only thing that they, they knew how to pronounce. And the immigration officials on Ellis Island said, what's your name? Mm. And when great-grandpa said Sana, they said uh, they said it sounded like a Z, so thus they gave him the name Zayner. So that's really how we became Zayner. So it's not really something that we could go back to Russia with looking for another Zayner. There would be none. So we'd have to look, I guess, for Sana or, or Rilo, wouldn't we? No, no. Sana was just the dead person's name that he, that he used as an identity. The Rilo is the real name that we would look up. We would look up Rilo somewhere for that unknown brother. His name is Rilo. Fascinating. That could be something to be done when all this is over. And also our common grandmother, so she's Polish. So how old was she when she moved to the United States, any idea? You, you, you know, Todd, that's one part of the family history. I have no clue even how Grandma got to America. Uh, I know she was born in a town in Poland called Wisniewicz. Uh Don't ask me to spell it, Wisniewicz, Poland. I know Grandma was born, and that was where she grew up. I don't know what year or how what the circumstance was of her coming to America. Quite fascinating, really, the significance, the mix. The other side of the family, on our mother's side, now both our mother's maiden names, Birnbaum, and our mothers were related anyway, weren't they? Yes. Um, so my grandfather on my mother's side, Philip Birnbaum, from what was told to me, Philip Birnbaum was your mom's father's nephew so so let's say that again my grandfather was your grandfather's my grandfather was your grandfather's nephew (laughs) good okay i'm glad you said that (laughs) the end of the day what what it is is i understood that my mother's parents so my grandparents on my mother's side Uh, My grandmother, I understand, was actually born in Russia. I got some information from that side of the family, from my cousin Risa, who said that my grandmother, who I always knew as Claire, but probably had a different name, was born near Sochi, where they held the Winter Olympics. I I didn't know that. So that means that 
that you might be more than uh, one quarter Russian, you would have you would have more in you than of Russian. I don't know about I know that Grandpa Philip Birnbaum was from Austria. I don't know anything about anything other than Austria being where he was born. I know my mother's father, my grandfather, he was born in the United States, but my grandmother was about three years old when she went to the Northern Hemisphere, but had to go via Canada before she could get into the United States. Quite a fascinating story. My cousin Risa said that my grandmother never, ever talked about it. Wow. It's really, it really is fascinating when you start to go back um, I want after after some time when when I'm things are all settled here. I think I'm going to do some more research on the Birnbaum side of things. I know a lot about the Zaners, but nothing about the Birnbaums. And hopefully, your your uh, uncle your uncle could help us. Maybe yeah, he's the last of that generation. My mother's younger brother, Uncle Joe, still alive. He must be getting close to ninety now and he's still got a fantastic memory uh, and a great sense of humor which humor which i think that's where i get it from <laughs> wow that, that that's such a fascinating story it is now apart from all that too where you live you're pretty close to uh, a military base aren't you yeah yes uh here in in phoenix uh we have uh we have an air force base well it, it will the naval base there's no naval bases near phoenix there's no water no but we have luke air force base and luke has been on high alert for the, even though nobody has announced anything i can tell you todd as i sit here in my house uh every 10 minutes i'm hearing the fighter jets which i would say it's about 30 miles from the way the crow flies from my house to luke air force base and i could hear the fighter jets doing their training because it's it's usually you would only hear them once every few days or once a few weeks now i'm hearing them every few hours flying overhead and they are in formation and they they are doing a lot of different circles and going back to luke and then heading back this way uh, it, it is very apparent to anyone that lives where i live right now that the air force base is doing a lot more training and are on a higher alert than I could ever remember in the 16 years I'm in Arizona. Yeah, so it's a sign that the United States is getting ready for something should they be needed. Well, I I, I guess with NATO, the way it is, the United States is, is publicly tr continuing the dialogue that we will not interfere with we will not get American boots on the ground. We will not interfere in the airspace over Ukraine, but we will defend the NATO countries. And one of them is Poland. And as you know, Poland is right when you go down to Poland and then right near Odessa, where the waterway is from. Uh, is it the Black Sea? I don't remember what that uh, sea is over there, but um, I know that we're getting pretty. Wait, there's that fine line where. Uh, you know, Putin just does not want any uh, American or NATO forces near his near his border. But yet it's Putin that's expanding the border by going into Ukraine. He is making this like this. This reminds me back when I was younger of the Cuban Missile Crisis that America once had with uh, uh, Khrushchev and Kennedy uh, when when Khrushchev brought his 
his warheads to Cuba, that was a that was the line that they couldn't cross. And that co- almost caused the world war then. And right now, if cooler heads do not prevail, uh, we could we really have to worry about what's going on in this world. Billy Joel might have to extend his We Didn't Start the Fire song to include <laughs> the latest updates from the last 30 years. That's right. That's yeah. right. It, that, that's very true. Yeah. Now, as well as that, I mean, all this news has sort of made the front pages and COVID's taken a back seat, but COVID is still a thing in the U.S., isn't it? Yeah, you know, it's so it really it really bothers me that the 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 news cycle whether it, whether it be the liberal media or the conservative media the cycle just the covid dangers the the constant talk about covid the 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 spread of covid the variants the vaccines the boosters the masks that was a non-stop 24/7 on the news and now since the russian invasion of ukraine you don't hear one thing about covid not one thing on the news doesn't matter whether it's liberal or conservative that has been wiped off and now it's 24 7 the russian invasion of ukraine it's as if covid is not even a thing however today when i went to the doctor to follow up at my rheumatologist my rheumatologist um of course you have to wear a mask. They, I, I walked in and she says, "Oh, you need a mask." And everywhere you go, uh, in a medical, uh, in a, for a medical facility here in the United States, they still require you to wear masks. Um, but, but uh, today when I walked in, it was just so easy not to wear a mask anymore. And when she said, "Put a mask on," I said, "Really, really? I, I, I don't you know that the Russians are invading Ukraine? We don't need masks anymore." Yeah, ironic. I understand that. But most Americans just living with it like I guess we are now. It's just part of life and it's almost inevitable that you're going to get it or someone else is going to get it. You've had COVID and, you know, you could easily get it again, I suppose. I've had it and I, and I don't even know if you've heard this. I'm, you may have heard it that Barack Obama just has the positive for COVID. Oh. Um, and and uh, so... So, yeah, I mean, having COVID, testing positive for COVID because of uh, the Omicron variant, I hear it's spreading now throughout your country. And I remember used to always speaking to you and hearing that there was not one or two people maybe in all of the country. Mm. But I think it's it's just going to be I said this all along. It's good. I feel it's going to be like the the flu is nowadays and every year people instead of getting just a flu shot people will also be getting a booster for covid or whatever the dif- difference uh, uh variants might be takes your mind off the price of gas too i suppose oh todd the gas price here is crazy i mean right now i, I took a trip up to sedona to check out the the construction today and i stopped to get some fuel and it was four dollars 69 per gallon i know you go by liter but we're up to 469 and this time last year we were at 229 a gallon mm-hmm. so the, it, it, it sometimes you could watch the sign if you're just staring at it long enough they they boost it up five cents just when you're watching it what a fascinating six months it's been since we've had this last discussion rick and 
you know, with the way our heritage is, it makes us want to go over and have a look one day at Ukraine or even Russia. Well, today, actually, I was watching the news and I was seeing such heartbreaking stories from mothers that have been separated from their husbands that are that are escaping to Poland to save their children's life. And they were asking what we could do. And and because of this stupid political situation we're in, nobody seems to be going in there and helping these people from getting brutally killed. So I today they put up a website for the American Red Cross, how to donate some money for these. They need they need help. And I felt being the fact that grandpa was from Odessa, grandma was from Poland, who's taken in all these refugees. I just went to my went to, on my computer and I donated some money to 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 them because I feel like it's the least that I could do to try and feel like i i mean i don't know what it would be like to walk out of your house and to have bombs being dropped on you indiscriminately i just don't know what that mind what makes people do this to to innocent children and i i I just can't put my hands around it so we need to search in odessa for the surname rilo is it r-y-l-o Yes, Rilo, R-Y-L-O. Sana, the Sana was just a stolen passport, had nothing to do with any of our ancestors. And the only reason Sana is important is because Ellis Island, they couldn't pronounce Sana, so they called it Zayner. Yeah, I wonder if every Zayner in the world that exists is related somewhere. (laughs) I don't know, but uh, our family tree stops at Ellis Island if you just go by Zayner. There's a hell of a lot of branches on it, I'll tell you that. That's true. That's very true. Rick, always great to catch up, and we look forward to this continued association. Maybe the next time we speak, you won't be in Phoenix any longer. Well, wherever I am, you know we'll be talking, and and, uh, always a pleasure to speak with you, Todd. Great to catch up with my cousin Rick Zayner. Conversations here at Coast Access Radio. I'm Todd Zayner. Or should I say Todd Rilo? You've been listening to Conversations on Coast Access Radio, a program where we talk with people about their lives, their passions, their interests. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.